Welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friends and co-hosts, Clint and Angie. And today, we're going to be talking about confession or confessing from each of our own unique perspectives. So y'all go ahead. You start. I don't want to start. You never start. On purpose. I don't have anything to say right now. (laughs) So I guess, all right, we can start by talking about our specific um, experiences with confession. So coming from a non-Catholic Protestant background Mm -hmm. um, and and a very anti-Catholic, is it safe to say? Anti-Catholic? Probably not now. Not now, but I'm saying coming from a, a denomination that, if anything, is opposed to anything mm-hmm. uh, Romish, um, Romish, which is a fun word to say. <laughs> um, is. Confession is seen as something uh, informal. Yeah. And I, to be honest, going with that, I used to make fun of the Catholic church for this. Like we could go to God anytime we yeah, want. The we don't need to the believer. Yeah. Right? We are. But we now are I have a, I have a much different perspective of that now. Yeah. We don't discount. I don't disagree with the priesthood of the believer. Um, I just think that as, uh, as priests made made priestly by Christ, we have a uh, obligation to one another now. Yeah, to do these things, and we're commanded in the New Testament to confess your sins one to another. Now we can talk about f- what that looks like formally, or if but, I even do that. Yeah, exactly. And so, from my own personal experience, it's always been sort of done in the context of uh, accountability groups mm-hmm. are, are, are one, one-to-one having someone that you confess your sins to. Um, one, now that I'm married, it's been like, okay, let me confess my sins to my wife. Um, sometimes I don't even have to do that because she knows them all too well. <laughs> she confessed them for you. Yeah, <laughs> she can confess for me. Um, uh, and then also that pastor, uh, uh, church member relationship. If there's anything grave, I can, I can go, but all of that aside, those are all like categories I know about, but I think the most common one that I practice is just sort of confessing it to myself, mm-hmm. like just just naming my sin, not even audibly. That was just, that was going to be my question. Yeah. Do you say it out no, loud? No, no, no. <laughs> but like when I'm alone, just identifying those sins in my life, those those wrongdoings in my life, um, to myself. And even if I never mention them to anybody else. And I think there's benefits to that. But then we'll talk about in this conversation how that's not enough, mm-hmm. I think. I think we would all agree. Yeah. And just, you know, I only, I basically respond to what you guys say. I don't have any original thoughts. <laughs> um, Is that a confession? <laughs> uh, that I resonate with everything you just said. But, but in my experience the last few years, I have noticed that I was never really honest with myself in my, like when you talk about it, I confess to myself. There's clearly justification happening. Yeah, yeah. Like when I do that, and and I play it over. But if that person wouldn't have done this or whatever, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you make excuses. Yep, absolutely. That's the only thing I wanted to add. Yeah, I would say confession. Uh, I also come from a Protestant background, but I, I come from an unchurched background and didn't really have any understanding of confession aside from what you see in movies when people go to see their priest. So that was like, someone. yeah, exactly. Like that was the extent. 
And and the exchange of like now you say this in order to yeah, be the Hail Marys, yes yeah. uh, that Penance. that was a little disturbing to me early in my Christianity. Now I will say um, what I've seen a lot in the Methodist Church is that we while the founding person of the of United Methodism um, was very much for confession. He was passionate about that. We've lost so much of that, and there's very little accountability in the context of small groups. Um, in, in today's mainline Methodism. Um, I don't think it's confined to just that. I think there's yeah. a lack of accountability. Um, in mainline Protestant churches in, in, just, general. Yeah, in general. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, I would agree. Uh, but my only context is Methodist. Right. So um, really the first person I heard talking about this was Nadia Bowles-Weber. Um, and she I remember her describing... Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous as the most authentic community she's ever been a part of because mm. everybody walks in and actually says when they've messed up. Mm-hmm. And she said, if churches could duplicate the space that they've created in, in those anonymous groups, we could really do something beautiful. And, and so that kind of planted a seed. And I've really thought about that. And I too do the, you know, the confession to God uh, when I've, mess things up when I've, you know, told a lie or, you know, a a white lie came out of my mouth and I try to justify it. Right. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings, but (laughs) you know, so I think confession started with before I go to bed, these are the things, God, that I noticed that I did today. So really it has a lot more to do with what I've paid attention to than what I should have been confessing. And so as I've matured in faith, I've gotten more diligent about, practicing the confession of the things that weren't so obvious to me that looking for the things what what did, where did I fail my neighbor today God and so looking for that and then for Lent this season I decided I really wanted to practice confession so I invited a friend of mine to be my confession partner during Lent and we have yet to get together right. but like it's one of those we're going to <laughs> and then there's gonna be a whole bunch Ooh, of things that we cover floodgates. yeah <laughs> Um, but to have that eye to eye contact so that when you confess the sins, if there's any sense of shame that comes out with that, there's, there's someone looking at you for that accountability. And I think that's probably the thing that we try to avoid the most in confession. We don't want there to be consequences for our actions. We don't want there to be someone who looks down on us. Because even in the context of Christian community where you're not supposed to judge, Mm -hmm. we make the judgments as to what the way of living is supposed to look like according to the scriptures. So we're the ones responsible for one another in saying, in passing a judgment, that was a sin. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're supposed to judge one another in that context. Now, not saying... Ultimately, we judge your eternal salvation. Right. You know, I don't mean that in terms of judgment, but we are responsible for one to one another in the, the context of Christian community. How did you How did you choose that person? And did you seek them out, or did they seek you out? I sought them out, um, and and this is a person that um, is al- already a good friend of mine, someone that I do not have spiritual authority over, so they're not in my congregation. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Um, so I would consider us um, peers in that in that sense that I could confess to her, and there's nothing about her that's going to sit in my congregation. And when I preach something, they go, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know where that came yeah. from. <laughs> You're preaching to yourself right now, aren't you? <laughs> um, you know, which I'm, I'm very open about so much of my own failings in, in my church. So it's not that 
that I wouldn't be okay with my church knowing much of that, but it, it's a different relationship with her. It's um, so I, I was comfortable saying I could look this person in the eye and say the worst thing about myself that I've, I've done and she would still love me. Yeah. And I think that's a good point to touch on is that when selecting the right person or the right group, um, cause much like the person that I can never get her right, her name, right. Nadia Bowles, Weber, Weber yeah. much like she spoke about the AA community and exactly what you just said is there is this environment to where you could say the worst of the worst, it be accepting, but there also be accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the only thing, and, and I have no experience with any of the anonymous groups, but, uh, the idea of an anonymity mm-hmm. is is something that I don't think the church should should um, adopt mm-hmm. it shouldn't be required right but it's so, sad that it's sad that those places exist right. because essentially they right. had to mm-hmm. yeah and I'm not saying that those places aren't good or not necessary I, I, I'm thankful for them for people who have had to be a part of that but I think the the church should go beyond that mm-hmm. we should have Alcoholics, unanimous. Like if, if that, whatever the opposite, whatever the opposite of anonymous, you just went for rhyme there. The, the whatever the opposite of anonymous is, it's like it, like uh, alcoholics known. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it should be. It, that's what it should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that kept coming up in my mind as you were talking, Angela, was um, I've sat in so many church services and had this line used. <clears throat> How would you feel if? All of your thoughts and acts and everything were played on a screen for the whole world to see, and it's it, and it's said in order to invoke repentance. Mm-hmm. And God, like God, knows those things, mm-hmm. and He does. That's true. But I've often, since becoming a Christian, I that used to terrify me before I was a Christian. Like, oh, I don't want these people knowing anything <laughs> about me. But I realize now, like, the level of freedom that would come from having. All now, granted, there's a lot of stuff you'd have to pick up after the fact because people would be hurt. And I'm, I'm discounting that. I'm not in an ideal world. Yeah, all of these things would be played on the screen, and it would just be, it's clean. It's mm-hmm. confessed yeah. because everybody knows about it. That is the most terrifying thought. <laughs> so you're terrified by that. That yeah. I'm just like I know how mm-hmm. terrible a person I am. I know now. Oh, granted, I know that. There are probably that's terrible thoughts that I don't even remember that I thought, and if that's put on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> the uh, the idealist in me mm-hmm. sees that the the church is a group of people who sort of nothing is off limits mm-hmm. when it comes to confession. Mm-hmm. Like, it should be, yeah. Right, exactly. So there shouldn't be anything that a fellow brother or sister in Christ can't come to me with because of the level of shame it would bring mm-hmm. on them to say it out loud. Yeah. See, I like saying that line, what you just said before the Lord's Supper, and not in a guilt sense, yeah. but in a sense of like exactly what you said, the Lord knows this and the Lord died for this. Yeah. And so if you can imagine um, all of your sins being displayed on the screen right now, God knows them. He loves you and forgives you. Forgives you for and kind of goes back to what you said, that face-to-face where you can see sort of guilt and shame on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's cool for you or for whoever is experiencing that, that you can actually give that person absolution. Mm -hmm. You can actually say, um, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Yeah. 
How cool is that? And if if God can forgive you, yeah, so can I. Certainly I can, yeah. yeah. You know? And so if the person who knows all can forgive you, yeah. knows more about you than the thing you're even confessing right now, and loves you, died for you, forgives you, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. In the so, name of Christ. That's what we would say. Yeah. For all the 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 lack of formality within Protestant denominations of confession. That's one thing I love about mm-hmm. the Protestant view of confession is that it's it's every day. Mm-hmm. It's not a formal you have to go to a specific person and sit in a box and and confess your sins and do the penance and all those things. I, not to discount the value of that to the people who experience it. But what I love about the Protestant view of confession is that it's like an anytime, anywhere yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah. I, if I'm feeling the guilt and the shame of my sin now, I can tell someone now. Mm-hmm. I can go to God now. I don't have to schedule a time. I don't have to go to a specific place to do it. It's it's And, and, and the feeling of forgiveness that I get is immediate. Mm-hmm. It's not delayed. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's important. And that's something that I would not necessarily want to give up for a more formal um, practice yeah. of confession. Yeah, when I think of I think of three things in the act of confessing. I think of um, confessing things in my past, confessing things current that are going on in my head, <clears throat> and um, I'm drawing a blank on the third one. Oh yeah, it's I always good to have three though. So <laughs> there it is. A That's the Baptist in me, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is actually ha- saying an honest prayer. Because I've shared on here that I'm really good about saying the liturgical prayer of, you know, when I'm triggered by someone, God bless them in all the ways I want to be blessed, or saying the St. Francis prayer, or any any number of liturgical prayers I can say right then and there. What I'm not necessarily good at is identifying and vocalizing the thing that's actually giving me anxiety and actually giving that over to God specifically and saying, God, I am anxious about this take it from me. Um, it's yours and actually give it to him, you know, not, and not, um, and not dwell on it. Now you said, um, confessing things that are in your past. Do mm-hmm. you mean things you've already confessed or things that you realize you never confessed? Things I've never confessed. Okay. Yeah. And you know, as it's not as if from your viewpoint that those things aren't forgiven already. No, 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 no. Like, you know, I, I don't have a specific, for instance, uh, I, I, I feel I have confessed things in my past, but I know that I could be blocking something mm-hmm. and some, I'm, I just may not be aware of something and something come up, or I may be with an, a new group of people that I haven't confessed this to, that that would be relevant information for them. Right. I just um, want to clarify so that anyone listening who's not familiar with confession and the practice of that, yeah, it's not a re- re- you don't yeah. every time you confess, <laughs> double, double repeat. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go through the laundry list every yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, but what I have found is that when, so for the present things, I can, and this is just me and my experience, I can dwell on things and uh, build things up to a degree that in my head, then when I actually share it with someone, it becomes much more manageable might not be the right word, but there's a different perspective when I say it out loud Mm -hmm. and I can actually share it with someone who's like, man, this is the thing that I've been bugging out over all day. And then I say it out loud. I'm like, 
<laughs> wow. Is that really what I've been focused on right. <laughs> my, the entire day this week? You know, um, I get disappointed if I've built something up in my mind that I've said or done or thought and like, it's really convicted me internally that I should not have said or done. It's usually something I've thought or said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I say that to another person and I'm kind of like, looking, so yeah. yeah, I'm looking for the, like to be chastised. Yeah, yeah, like I'm yeah. looking for someone to hold me accountable to like, yeah, that really, really that's scummy. Uh, and then they're like, well, I mean, so-and-so. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> give it to me. I, I know I need someone to hurt my feelings right now. <laughs> and I think that that says something about us really as, uh, as people where we, we want to be punished. We feel yes. like we should be punished and what God offers us. Unless I'm actually punished and then I'm mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that's true. But what God offers us in confession is absolution. And oftentimes he does that um, through the hands and feet and words and uh, speech of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so what, what takeaways um, do we have about confession? I think for me, the biggest thing is it's a daily at practice for me. Doesn't mean I don't get together with a friend who, you know, monthly or whatever and kind of talk through those things. But if I wait until that time to confess it to God, at least privately, um, I'm just going to be like a pent up, you know, <laughs> ball of nothing. You know, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to have all this, these emotions inside that haven't been able, been properly uh, vented. And so I think that's that's the main thing for me is is making confession a lifestyle, mm. um, even privately, um, and not just waiting for those public opportunities mm-hmm. to, to public in the sense that with another person, not like grabbing a microphone. And <laughs> what out, we're doing, yelling now. out my yeah, <laughs> yelling out my sins. But yeah, I think that really um, fine tunes a Christian's humility. That if we practice daily our confession, that we're reminded how imperfect we are. And so it lowers the bar on what we expect out of other people, like to remind ourselves of those things. For me, I think it would be important to remind people who aren't practicing confession in the confines of Christian community to remember that uh practicing confession can work very differently if you're trying to confess to people that don't know the rules. Uh, So (laughs) you should make sure that you define what the purpose of a relationship, a confessional relationship is. Yeah, absolutely. You could be friends with someone and you're coming at it from a Christian viewpoint and they're not. Yeah. And all of a sudden you confess something to them and they're no longer (laughs) your friend. (laughs) You know, I mean, that, yeah, or they start mm-hmm. telling other people. Oh, yeah, exactly. There's, it turns into gossip at yes. that point. Yeah, yeah. I would say for me, <clears throat> the things that have benefited me most in what we're talking about today, the concept <laughs> is identifying what causes me anxiety, what gives me worries, vocalizing that to God. Um, and what's so? And but the other thing is finding someone who can resonate with what I'm confessing with. That's mm. the cool thing about AA is that when an alcoholic goes to these communities, they don't confess and then be like, people be like, God, what a weirdo. Yeah. You know, I can't believe you struggle with that. But when they confess, there is this, man, I get it. I've you know, it's the hardest um, confessor in those groups. So I've heard 
uh, is those that come in without dramatic stories feel mm. like they don't have a place to confess because theirs isn't that bad. Man, what if the church could have a, could build that sort of community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so that's what we want to do today. We want to practice genuine and authentic confession to grow closer to God and grow closer to others. And until next time, may the Lord make us a channel for his peace.